Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. Hey, this is Pastor Phil from Hartford City Church, just sitting in my car listening to Christian uh, Christmas music, because isn't that what we all are doing this time of year? Riding around, driving around in our car, listening to Christmas music. All right. Well, I do want to begin by saying Merry Christmas to everyone out there, all of our Hartford City Church family, and everyone who's listening. A very Merry Christmas from myself and my family to you and yours. And we're in the middle of the holiday season. It's great, isn't it? Well, I wanted to do a special podcast for you today, coming up right before Christmas. But before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about our podcast. We are hosted by Podbean. Uh, you can find us when you search us through iTunes or however you might get your podcast. If you want to share this with friends, you can do that. We do a couple of things, two basic things on this site. We post sermons from previous Sundays, so if you missed a sermon or you want to hear it again, you can uh, check it out on our podcast. The title will say Sermon, and then it will give the title of the sermon, and in the description, usually a little bit about it, the uh, Bible text that's used, and uh, that's up there for you. I've also been doing podcasts, which are usually labeled with the podcast series name. I've done mini-series with different episodes or whatever, but I've decided that I'm just going to let all of that go, and I'm going to make this the Pastor's Podcast, Episode 1. So, woohoo! Welcome, everybody, to Episode 1. And since we're coming up on a new year, 2019, we're just going to start counting from now. So, those of you who are really organized and analytical, this might drive you nuts if you're looking through the history of our podcast. But those are the archives, and you can have fun rummaging around the archives. It'll kind of be like a box in the attic that has good stuff in it, but you've never really gotten around to organizing it. But today, starting right before the new year, we're going to organize our podcast. So they'll be called Pastor's Podcast, and then I'll have the name of it, and then episode one to whatever we get to. All right, sound good? I hope so. So here we go. So you've definitely stumbled upon Pastor's Podcast. And the title of today's podcast is Jello Carrot Salad. <laughs> Jello Carrot Salad. I don't know how many of you have had the distinct experience, I'll call it, of eating this unusual item that I would often find at the holidays when I was growing up. Whether it was a gathering of people in our house or going to a potluck at church or somebody else's house for Christmas, amongst, amongst all the food, and uh, you know, there's great food at the holiday times, there would be this pan of jello, and the jello would have things in it. And one of the things that people like to put in it, including my mother, was shredded carrots. And I could never understand this because as a kid, we used to love Jello. Oh my goodness, you! There's not so much Jello anymore, but you kids know what I'm talking about, or you older ones remember. Man, Jello, love the way it wiggles, love the way it jiggles. It was a tasty treat. It just slid down into your belly. Oh, loved me some Jello. But why, why, for the love of Christmas, would you put vegetables in something like Jello? It would be like putting peas in ice cream. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. And it never made sense. But everybody loved the Jello salad with the carrots. I don't know if they felt they were getting some healthy food out of it. I have no idea. 
Now, I'll have to admit, I grew up in Colorado, and the cooking of my family and the people around me was greatly influenced by the Midwest, particularly Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, Eastern Colorado falls into that. Your very Midwest style of cooking. So, perhaps it was a regional thing. I'm not sure. I, if you live on the East Coast or the West Coast or the South, uh, maybe Jello salad with carrots was not part of your upbringing. Well, um, praise the Lord for that. <laughs> Um, no, I'm sure there's some wonderful Jello carrot salads out there. No offense to, to all you people who love the Jello salad that you put things in. Uh, but for me, it was strange. It was strange. You're putting two things together that are contradictory. It didn't make sense to me. I never knew quite what to do with it. And sometimes I would eat it, and sometimes I would just pass over it. But the thing was, it was so unusual and, and so full of these disconnected ingredients that I never knew quite what to do with it. And the reason I was thinking about Jello carrot salad at the holiday times is because the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible is kind of like that for me. Wow, you like that jump there? That's what we pastors do. Ecclesiastes is a book that a lot of people really don't read or understand. Preachers tend to avoid it, I think, like I avoided the Jello carrot salad most of the time. Because it's full of contradictions, and we don't really understand it, and we're not always sure what's going on. The book is a, a collection of wisdom, of reflections, uh, by this old king. It definitely sounds like an old dude writing it. Maybe it was Solomon. You know, the, the king says that he was the son of David. He had power, wealth, pleasure, pretty much anything he ever wanted. He's called the teacher in the book of Ecclesiastes by his editor. And he just says a bunch of things that, that are contradictory, things that you don't think you'd find in, in the Bible. I mean, they're like, they're like carrots in a jello salad. First of all, he has this famous line that opens up this re, series of reflections. He says, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And you're like, wow, that's in the Bible? I mean, that sounds like some other kind of philosophy, or that sounds like, you know, something else. That, that doesn't sound like something that should be in the Bible. And so you look at this word meaningless and you're like, it's a strange word. It, it used to be translated vanity back in the old days. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity, is the phrase that people would know. Or it gets translated futile, like it doesn't really amount to much. It's kind of like chasing the wind. Well, whenever you're studying the Bible, you should always try to look up what the original word is and see if that helps you understand it. And the original Hebrew word for meaningless, vanity, futile, is the word hevel, which means vapor or smoke, which is an interesting word picture, isn't it? So this old king teacher is saying that life is like a wisp of smoke. It's like that vapor mist that comes off the ground in the morning, right? Or if, you, if you're on the West Coast, especially in San Diego, there's kind of this fog in the morning over the coast. And you're like, oh, man, it's going to be a bad day. But then that fog burns off by noon. And the sun comes out. And you're like, oh, it's a, it's, a great, it's a great day. And so, uh, you know, what this old king teacher is saying is that life is kind of like that. It's like this, this cloud, this fog, this mist in the morning. But it, it doesn't really last very long. And then he would uh, say things, you know, in, in the Bible, in this series of wisdom that the editor whoever he or she was decided we got to collect everything this old guy said and put it down because it's so amazing and the old king would say again i looked and saw all the oppression that was taking place under the sun i saw the tears of the oppressed and they have no comforter 
Power was on the side of the oppressors, and they have no comforter. And I declared that the dead who had already died are happier than the living who are still alive. Better than both is the one who's never been born to see the evil that is under the sun. Wow, that is some heavy stuff, isn't it? We all can relate. We've all had days, let's be real, let's be honest, where we wish we had never been born, where, where the pain and the disappointment of life is so great that we wonder what's the point of it all. Is there any meaning? Is everything meaningless? Is everything futile? What's really going on? And of course, these are the kind of Bible verses, you know, that you're not going to put into a nice picture frame and hang on the wall, are you? You know, that's not the kind of thing that, that encourages you, you know, to start your day. It's funny how we really tend to the passages of the Bible. We're drawn to the ones that are so full of affirmation and hope and, and purpose and go get them. And, and that's good. That's well and good. We definitely need that. But Ecclesiastes kind of reminds us that, you know, there's, there's two sides. There's jello and there's carrots. You know, there are things that, that we, need to, we need to know, things that we need to hear and think about that aren't necessarily pleasant, but it's important. But then he also says things on the opposite side, like this verse. God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Now, that verse we love, right? I mean, I've probably seen that on a pillow somewhere, right? So what's the deal here with this book of Ecclesiastes? It vacillates between this carpe diem, seize the day kind of positive attitude and this utter despair, hopelessness. Well, the first thing we can say is that it's honest. You know, yes, God is good, righteous, and beautiful. He's the only one worth respecting, and we need to take him seriously. And, and the old king says that in Ecclesiastes. But he also reminds us that, yes, life is difficult and confusing, and it doesn't always seem fair. You know, everyone in the end dies, whether they're wise or foolish, rich or poor. And sometimes those who are not doing what's right, they get everything. And those who are doing right, they end up with nothing. It doesn't seem fair sometimes. So what do we do? How do we make sense? How do we live in the middle of this contradictory mess of life? Well, this cynical yet God-fearing philosopher teacher says something like this verse I'm about to quote about five times in Ecclesiastes. And whenever you repeat something in literature, the author or the editor is trying to tell you this is really important. Pay attention to this. Here it goes. The teacher said, So I commend the enjoyment of life because there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the life God has given them under the sun. As Cat Armas recently tweeted, we should take those Bible verses literally. <laughs> but we don't, do we? Because we're afraid that it might lead to a hedonistic free-for-all, and the truth is it really might. But I think there's a larger truth that we could miss if, if we dismiss it in that way. I think when we're told to eat and drink and be glad and enjoy life, whatever life brings, that we're being told that we should, no matter what happens, no matter what path we take, you know, no matter what disappointments we have, and we will be disappointed by people, a lot of times more often than we think, we won't find the perfect way to live perfectly. We may have a lot, we may have a little, we may be smart or not smart, we may be beautiful or just plain, we may be popular or lonely. None of it determines God's favor on your life. He loves you, period, like literal period. He loves you. God loves you. That's it. No matter what goes on in your life, God loves you. So when you can enjoy life, and especially the simple things, just enjoy them. 
And when you can't, go ahead and be sad. It's okay. God is still with you. And most of this life, friends, we will not figure out. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You know, I've spent my life dedicated to reading the Bible, understanding the Bible, study it, taking classes, listening to sermons from preachers of all different kinds, sizes, and shapes, reading books that I agreed with and books that I didn't agree, agree with about God, about Christianity, about faith. And I'm telling you, we won't figure this out. God is too big. His mind is too big. We we should never be arrogant or so sure that we understand exactly what the Bible says and exactly what God wants and we just do what the Bible says. And even if that kind of person were honest, they would take that verse seriously and they would eat, drink, and be glad. And sometimes we need to do that if we're able. And if we're not able, we, we need to cry. We need to be sad. And it's okay to be sad. Just remember that God is with you you won't understand it all, but he's going to walk it through with you. He's going to walk it through with you. And we're, let's be honest about our reactions to that. Sometimes that's a very comforting thing for me. That really helps me. Other times it's a really frustrating thing because I'm like, God, if you're here, then why don't you do this, this, and this? And sometimes I hear God gently say, well, because I'm God and you aren't. And sometimes I hear him say, just hang on. It'll be okay. And sometimes I don't hear him say anything at all. But like that old king philosopher teacher, I'll take it to heart. And I'll say, you know, today I will enjoy what I can. And what I can't, I'll let myself feel sad. It's okay. And maybe that's a word of encouragement for you this Christmas season coming up. Whatever your celebration is, whatever people you're going to be around or not be around, enjoy what you have. Enjoy the gifts that you can enjoy and be grateful for them and live in the moment. Just be in the moment. Stop worrying about the past and, and getting all uptight about the future. Just enjoy the moments you have. And if you have a really sad or lonely or disappointing or sad moment, just sit with the sadness for a while. Just sit with it. I guarantee you that as you sit in the sadness and you turn your heart towards God, you will feel his presence with you. And I got to be honest, for me at Christmas time, I'm reminded that God with me and God for me is way more than enough. Because, you know... If life really is like a wisp of smoke, that cloud, that fog, then eventually the sun is going to burn it off. Eventually this life will disappear, friends, and the sun, the true sun, Jesus Christ, will come. And when he comes, oh man, it's going to be amazing. So I end with this prayer for you, for me, for all of us today. Come, Lord Jesus, come.